0: the following is a bunkazilla original production we are monsters of culture
1: christian jason ian three heroes searching for the answers to trivial questions you never really asked together they are trivial titans now get ready for another action-packed trivial episode And welcome to Trivial Titans here at Bunkers in the UK. Welcome to a brand new episode and a brand new season. Woo-hoo! And I'm of course one of your hosts, Ian Bolton, and I am joined by the Obsidian Waterfall Adonis, that is Jason Freeman. Hey, you can't see it, but I'm flexing right now. He certainly <laughs> I'm is just flexing. And we are also joined, as always, by Christian R. Allen. And I've always wondered, Christian, yes. what does the R stand for? Uh, Romeo. Ah, oh, romantic! That's it. Yeah. yeah. So yes, welcome to season two. Um, we've dubbed it season two because we had a bit of a long break, and I think our diaries didn't match up. No, not at all. Because one of our one of
2: our contributors is very selfish and decided to attend every single wedding on existence in I, this country. Apparently,
0: I i like to drink, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they have bars. Would, would you like to come to my wedding? There'll be alcohol. I'm your best man, aren't I?
2: No, my my. Best friend, Tab, is my best man. I'm
0: your best friend.
2: O- outside outside of the wedding, you are my best man. Oh,
0: well, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's fine. That's
2: fine. Uh, actually, I don't see you as my best man. I see you more as my general life coach. And, and like, hype man. Hype man, karma guru. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Ian, what's your role in my life?
1: Legal guardian?
2: Legal guardian. <laughs> I mean, you are you are actually going to be one of my groomsmen, though, aren't you?
0: Yes, I, I but don't,
1: don't give me the ring. I'm not uh, going (laughs) to... Please don't give me the ring. So,
0: Trivial Titans Titans listeners, who wants to hear a story? (laughs) Please, please, Uh, and
2: explain to the audience why I've selected you to be my (laughs) ring-bearer, even though you're on about five times the mass of children who normally do the duty.
1: (laughs) Okay. So far, listeners out there, Um, back in... (laughs) 2013 i was one of three best men for one of my closest childhood friends and uh that i'd been entrusted with the ring um that was the first mistake that was the first mistake (laughs) so we're in a church wedding and basically ceremony's lovely it's very nice all all cozy and all that and it came to the moment where it was almost time to hand over the rings and i'd rested it on the uh on the little little ledge on is it the pew the pew in the churches
2: I believe so. I mean, my name's yes, Christian, but pube. I have no idea about any...
1: It's called it's called
0: a pube. Yeah, yeah. Puba.
1: So I rested it on the little edge, and as I sat down after the, that hit the, the preceding hymn, um, the ring box fell and opened at the same time, and the ring fell out, very close to a drain.
2: May, may I ask, did it sound exactly like the opening sequence of Lord of the Rings, where Gollum loses the ring and you get that... <coughs>
1: in an absolute silent church you hear dink <laughs> dink and then <laughs> <laughs> very was that au- the vicar? <laughs> No that was me very audibly and very loud and and my friend's wife who was who was on the verge of tears at the time <laughs>
3: happy tears
1: yeah okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So the, mo- the moment had kind of overwhelmed her a bit but the moment the moment she heard the ring drop and then me swearing audibly in the church, <laughs> she absolutely laughed and really really found it funny. And I'm sat there going, "Oh my god, I am the worst person imaginable." And I and I and I literally had I literally had a bit of a, a panic attack after uh, not not a full blown panic attack, but kind of like I had kind of like a very self conscious attack between the wedding and going to the reception because it's like. If I show up there, they're all going to be staring at me. there. You know, the I've, I've ruined, I've ruined, I've <laughs> ruined the most perfect day for my friend and his wife, and everyone's going to kill me. I, I
2: think you enhanced it, my friend, yeah. and this is why you are my ring bearer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if I drop the ring, you won't be mad.
2: But the problem is, my ceremony is going to be in a cinema. Ah, and yep. it's going to be—it's not going to be the brightest lighting, for obviously because it's. So if you lose the ring, you are finding it. <laughs> oh my God!
0: Wait, 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 wait! Something has just occurred to me. Yes, your wedding's going to be in a cinema. Yep. Does that mean they're going to serve slushy drinks? No. Oh, well, no, I'm no, not no, 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 no! You get a complimentary bag of popcorn. I only ever go to the cinema for a slushy drink, man. Hang on, hang on, That's hang on, because hang on. slushy drinks. Yeah, how many times have you been to the cinema and the only thing I bought is a slushy drink?
2: I've only been to the cinema with you once, and that was to watch the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And as I got a slushy viewers, drink. As our listeners know, Hobson Shaw, <laughs> which I'm still angry about. It's been like two months
1: you're never going to let it go, are you?
2: Genocide schmenocide. <laughs>
1: uh, can I ask a question? Does that mean the popcorn gets to be the confetti? Yes. Oh, awesome. Yay. Yeah, it does. Okay. It's yeah. going to stick to everyone's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: we're going to do it outside. It's um, in the little theatre in Bath. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, um, grade-listed Edwardian cinema. Mm. And um, I get, uh, as part of the deal, I get half an hour to control what's projected. No, Uh, I I won't. Without, I don't want to go into too much detail because I will spoil it for my guests. But um, look forward to the show in fourteen months' time. Fourteen months' time.
1: Let me uh, well, basically as well. Don't forget, I am a trained digital projectionist as well. So if you give it to me (laughs) on a DCI uh, hard drive, I can plug it up and get it ingested and get it loaded up on the projector. Fantastic. Are you you going to start
2: uh, screaming wrong aspect ratio halfway through the ceremony? I'm just.
1: (laughs) I'm going to shout. There's not enough brightness in the lamps. Uh, As as the case with most cinemas today. This is why you're only a secondary best man.
0: Welcome to Trivial Titans, (laughs) where we talk about projectionism.
1: Hey, it was a career of mine for like a year and a bit. Sounds like like a you problem. It was the best job in the whole wide world. Uh I I seriously loved it. The problem is, it didn't pay enough. Uh, I was going to say,
0: the only reason I was
2: interested in becoming a projector... <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 what it's project to it be physically <laughs> impossible because I'm a human being. Christian, um. hold still while I lace the film through <laughs> your nostrils. This is working surprisingly <laughs> well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> where would you put the
1: bulb,
2: man? Just like where my eyes are. In, in the mouth. In the <laughs> mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 we we have not <laughs> pulled this out, <laughs> <What> have we? <laughs> Yeah, so essentially our diaries didn't match up. Jason was busy, Christian was busy. We were all busy. Um, but now we're back together like a, a comeback band that really didn't need to come back together, I suppose. Or oh.
2: a rash that never really went away. Exactly, oh. exactly. That's how I think of you
1: guys. How thoughtful.
0: <laughs> welcome to Trivial Titan. Yes,
1: welcome to Trivial Titan. It's so delicious to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so we're moving on to our question of the day. And we're going to talk about reboots, not necessarily the cartoon show. Aww, it, what? But I prepared. You you prepared all your notes reboot. about reboot, about reboot. the mainframe. Yeah. And Lord Zed or <laughs> megabyte. Lord Lord, Lord Megabyte. <laughs> or
2: gigabyte. In series I thought it was, three. Uh, yeah, I think it was Megabyte. it was no, megabyte. He becomes gigabyte when he fuses with um
0: um oh, what's her name? Hexa? Decimal. like Is it Hexadecimal? It's probably
1: Hexadecimal. It, I mean, Re- Reboot fans are screaming at us right I mean, now. I mean, I brought probably.
0: a laptop here. Shall I find out?
2: Facts Corner! Yes, Look Fat into Corner. it. Corner. What's the name of G- Megabyte's evil, unhinged sister?
1: But while he does that, yes, today's episode <laughs> is all about reboots. So we're going to be talking about what the best sort of reboots are, things that we think should be rebooted, and obviously... <laughs> We'll have we'll touch a little bit on some of the worst reboots out there, And uh, yes, that's that's today's episode in a nutshell. It's all rebooting the reboot.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it, it was Yay! Yay! I remember something from my childhood. This podcast will go fine. You know, <laughs> one thing I remember about reboot is the episode where almost all of them lost, and they were in that fighting game, and and the guy like the the evil AI had like the finishing move of just crushing the skull, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and then like that was actually the last episode of reboot I ever saw. And I it was the biggest cliffhanger. And I just never went back to go and find out. I can't remember. I I, yeah. I turned up at a friend's house years ago. And I was only staying there because I
2: needed to get a transfer coach and I was gonna get four, a four-hour window for sleep. And I noticed he had all the series of reboot on DVD from Canada, which I'd never seen before. And he was like, Christian, would you like to go to bed and feel refreshed in the morning when you get your long-distance coach? Or would you like to see what actually happened? And I can report three and a half hours later, I was very tired but very satisfied emotionally. Uh, I don't understand why they never, they never finished the season. Well, they never broadcast the rest of the show here. They,
0: but they actually rebooted Reboot. There was a... There was, there a, was a reboot of Reboot? Yes, there was a reboot. Well, because they did... Uh, was it called Reboot Reboot? Uh, it was just called Reboot. I
1: think, I remember from the original series, there was the the kind of... Re- hitting the reset button halfway through because they took out bob and i think is it enzo enzo the, like the young yes the young be- kid the young kid suddenly became he hench up. yeah 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 yeah, he hench up. and all that sort of stuff and they followed him as like the the guardian of the of the system um but i remember netflix tried something i think last year or a couple of years back which was just terrible
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was called reboot the Guardian Code. Oh, um, and it was twenty episodes long in terms of reception. Um, and yes, yeah, so it was not well received. By March, so on February twenty first, an official trailer was released. By March tenth, twenty eighteen, it had received twelve thousand dislikes and nine hundred eighty three likes. Ooh.
1: It did not go well. <laughs> Not, I think I remember seeing the trailers like, this isn't the reboots I grew up with. It this was makes also, no sense.
2: Do you, do you want to know a really, really bad trailer for a reboot that really upset me? Oh, dear. It was uh, It's for a little-known franchise called Sonic the Hedgehog, and um, me and my partner, Michaela, we've dubbed it the Nightmare Fuel Edit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was generally going to suggest sonic the hedgehog as a reboot that needs a reboot but uh two days ago the new trailer dropped and now i'm the happiest
0: little geek on the planet i mean it looks amazing it, it just looks, looks, sonic it's just looks it's charismatic.
2: charismatic and adorable yeah
1: i mean not not terrifying i actually want to show
2: my nieces
0: sonic at the cinema
1: now and um yeah i remember seeing on twitter you had the before and after and the difference is absolutely staggering it's bizarre the original—I say
2: original—the the original movie Sonic was ever greenlit because it, there's no redeemable feature
0: in that design. It's generally, it's it's not. Uh, I've I really really think, and I'm 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 leaning more and more towards this now. I feel that this has all been a bit. I feel this has all actually been they. The original Sonic trailer was a hoax. Like it, they threw it out as a red herring to get everyone's hackles up. And originally, this design was actually the real, there was no redesign, there was no re-all re this and that, and, and an extra 35 million put into it, there was none of that, it was, <laughs> it's all just media, Yep. and they pulled all over eyes, and if they have, <coughs> GG's, it's worked, it's worked amazingly. I
2: would, but never underestimate the stupidity of Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds very much like New Coke, so uh, you're aware of the New Coke phenomenon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 like yeah. They brought uh, it back, everyone hated it, and they brought back the original yeah. for that, yeah. Even though executives
2: at the time have admitted that it wasn't a conspiracy on their part to sort of reinvigorate sales of classic Coke, they were just. Basically, <laughs> throwing the dice and it
0: didn't work. Right, here's a little bit of trivia about, um, about Coca-Cola. So there's a very, very popular series out at the moment called Dr. Stone. Are you familiar with it? Have you heard of it? No. Uh, I've yes, I've seen it on Crunchyroll. I haven't watched the episodes of it yet,
1: but I am eager to watch
0: it. It is a very, very, very interesting and, quite frankly, educational series uh, in which, so for Christians, benefit here. Um, and the listeners. And the listeners, <laughs> of course. For those of you who haven't watched Dr. Stone. Um, to give you uh, a nutshell of it, or of elevator pitch... Um, a genius young child and the rest of the world have all been turned to stone for, I believe, something like 10,000 years. So everything is gone. He breaks out of the um, stone shell, and he is there, just like an absolute genius-level intellect. He knows how everything goes together, and he is trying to bring back everything in the modern world in the Stone Age. So it starts with him making basic tools. It starts with him making himself clothes and setting traps for animals. Well, that's really and interesting. then It goes further than that to the point where he's making drones and mobile phones entirely in a prehistoric context using only the natural elements around him. And one of the things he did was there was another character who was freed and he was like, I just really miss Coca-Cola. I want a Coca-Cola. He makes a Coca-Cola out of natural elements right there. And then, and it only had three ingredients. What were the ingredients? Lime. Yeah. Coriander. Yeah. And uh, caramelized honey. Oh, put that into carbonated water, and like, like you had it there, and there have been YouTube videos of people doing it, just going, "Shit, this actually tastes almost exactly like Coca-Cola." <laughs> <laughs> like, so well the, like, that begs the question: What's the secret ingredient? Lime, <laughs> coriander,
3: <laughs> caramelized honey. <laughs> Fascinating.
2: Really good show. I really recommend it. I, no, that sounds really interesting. I like, I, I like anthropological perspective on the I mean, I presume it's is it demonstrating is it actually a piece of fictional drama or was it demonstrating what you
0: would have to do if you so it's, it's basically like taking so it's it's being described as a crafting series oh, as cool. the world's first crafting series so he's yeah. he's there like he's crafting metal he's crafting you know tools he's crafted a car he's crafted um a, an actual honest to god controllable drone in this <laughs> prehistoric time and it's even more
2: terrifying because it's made of stone
1: for <laughs> well, his Dr. Stone, Dr.
2: Stone.
0: Um, <laughs> also, I can only describe the artwork as the cleanest artwork I've ever seen in a manga, and I read a lot of manga, I watch a lot of stuff. Honestly, the only way I can describe it is just clean, like the stark white colours are just amazing. To
2: go back to manga, I've just thought of, a, of something that desperately needs a reboot, or at least from a sort of live-action Western perspective, is Death Note. Like, oh. Death Note is crying out for a. A, a genuine adaptation, not an interpretation, an adaptation. So, you
0: don't like, you don't like Willem Dafoe? Well, <sighs> before we carry on, <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: before we carry on, just for our listeners, obviously death Note, um, death Note is based on a Japanese manga and anime show. It's about uh, a kid who discovers this Death Note book, which has been dropped by, is it like a Death God or something yeah, like death that? Yeah, Death God of Death. Yeah. And basically, anyone's name he puts in there, they will die. Mm. But the, the twist of the series is the character Light, who discovers
2: the book, is the perfect young man. Or as far as appearances go, he is the. Well, there was rumors that Zach Efron was going to be cast as Light in the. I Ad- would have been good. It would have been perfect, and that was. That, but people complained that he was too pretty and too much of a sort of jock look. But that's that's the entire point. This this person has the outward appearance of the sort of like idealized male teenager, but in reality, deep down, is an
1: incredibly awful, hollow, mass murderer. I mean, the anime and the, and the manga, it's this very complex sort of morality tale as well mm. as kind of like cat and mouse game because for most yes. of the series, he's up against a, another teen with his age called uh, Light, L. Uh, L. Yeah, L. Uh, like L and Light, the same L and names. Light, yes. Yeah, it's hard to get, It's yeah. easy to get those mixed up um, and it becomes a bit of a cat and mouse game. And basically what they did with the, because didn't Shane Black write, is Shane Black involved in the ring in I, the don't live action? I, I I think it was attached to. it. I'm not sure if he was involved in the actual production. We may um, need to check I that can in find fact. Find so che- so che- will che- check, check that out. Uh, Shane Black and uh Note, Notes please. I know he had some involvement in it. I don't know if he had c- actual continual involvement in it. Um my my understanding is from the the the, f- the thing I didn't understand about the
2: live action is they they made light uh a bit of a he was an emo.
0: Emo emo teen, yeah. So like, quite Okay. Oh, fact, uh, Warner's coming back. Fact found. In January 13, 2011, it was announced that Shane Black had been hired to direct the film with the script being written by Anthony Bagarozzi and Charles Mondry. Warner Studios planned to change the background story of Light Yagami into one of vengeance instead of justice, which is always wrong. Never mess with justice. <laughs> uh, and to remove Shinigami entirely from the story. Black opposed this change, and it had not been greenlit, Shinigami being the death gods there. It's just confirmation. So basically, they wanted to write an entirely different story. Just, just call it Death Note. Um, Black confirmed in the 2013 interview that he was still working on the film. In 2014, it was rumored that he would be replaced. Uh, and he would. He, he would be replaced in April 27, 2015. Adam Wingard directing the film.
2: Yeah. So, what I need is Shane Black's original vision to be uh, actually produced. That would be nice. Yeah, it might be I'm, worth it. I, I have no problem uh, re regionalizing. Stories like yeah. I have no problem with Western adaptations of manga as long as it's faithful to the spirit of the story. Yeah, because um, I know
1: because your name is Jude for live action. See, your name would work really well. See, uh, I, 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 I
0: only just watched that recently, really? and
1: I just wasn't was as impressed oh, really? with it as everybody else. It's was. a good film. I like. I like the film. The thing that amazed me with when they announced your name being kind of picked up for like potential uh, live action remake was. Everyone's going. No, you can't do this. You can't do this. It's like, no, no. We're going to. We're going to. Again, like Christian said, we're going to uh, re-regionalize it. We're going to put uh, put it in a Western. So I think it's between a boy and a young Native American woman. Oh, interesting. And oh, the okay. mo- and the moment that came up, people just went, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Listen,
2: right. Inception is basically a remake of Paprika. An adaptation is not going to delete the original version from existence. No, not at all. Hmm. So I don't understand the problem. I mean, we're going to go into uh, Ghost in the Shell territory here.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these ones, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of other uh, series here that I feel like I deserve, that, that, that I deserve. I deserve yeah, I deserve <laughs> a to reboot, reboot them. <laughs> I deserve a reboot Damn of Damn you and your geek entitlement. Right? The first <laughs> series that I have here on my list. Yes. It's Flint the Time Detective. Oh, for <gasps> God's sake. Jeez. If we could just get a reboot of Flint the Time Detective, I'd be happy. Why are you so obsessed with the Stone Age? Because it was Flint the Time Detective. And I loved Flint the Time Detective. But out, out of the three of us, I'm the one who looks like a bloody caveman. No, no, not you two. I, I mean, it's, uh, for listeners who aren't aware, Christian has a very low sloping forehead. <laughs> like, like it touches <laughs> his nose. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> another another series. You want another series? I'll give you another series. All right. Yes. The Mask. Ooh. The Mask. Is that because it, the original was <laughs> retrospectively ruined by the sequel? No. So I'm not actually talking about the movie. I'm are about you talking about the
1: cartoon series? The cartoon series. Oh, now,
0: yeah. now, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but The Mask itself was never meant to be a nice and happy jokey, ha, ha, ha. He's got he's got little superhero characters, he's wacky, he's Aideny, he's yeah. devil. That was never what The Mask was. The Mask comic itself was brutal, bloody, had all sorts of stuff in it. The Mask, they, they never actually call him The Mask in the thing, they call him Big Head, mm. right? And The Mask would, The Mask wanted nothing more than chaos and destruction, and it would unleash the latent uh powers in people and the latent instincts and and the d and it would yank the deepest darkest desires out of people whereas the mask was like a serial killer the mask was gunning down cops in the street and setting people on fire and i'd love to see a reboot of the mask where it's actually what the creators of it intended it to be rather than everything else that came afterwards now the the cartoon series as well it was amazing the first movie amazing we don't talk about the second film it was horrible um (laughs) So, that in itself is fine. Like, I'd even like a continuation of that. But what I would really, really love is to see the mask as it was intended, as it was created, and actually brought into the mainstream world. Because it, it is dark, brutal. Deadpool has nothing on the mask.
2: I well, I had no idea about that. And
0: I find I, I love the Jim Carrey movie,
2: mm-hmm. but I had no idea that it, it was as you described. And I think today would be perfect for that kind of adaptation. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, ni- the early 90s mask is very much a product of his time. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that derogatively at all. Um, but no, t- I'd say 2019. Well, post
1: Deadpool, as you say. Well, I, I mean, I have a soft spot for the for the cartoon. I think I have one of the. I think I have a VHS of it somewhere around here. But um, I only recall the
2: episode where only half the mask was worn. Uh, so yeah. Stanley Ipkiss had well, to keep turning <laughs> left for his to show only half of his body, and then yeah. the other half was the mask. And well, the, the mask was like picking his nose.
0: Well, and yes. <laughs> well, because they also
1: they also did um, an Ace Ventura cartoon as well, so and they, they and they had crossover episodes every like couple of months.
0: Right, I don't.
2: Know, we could probably do a whole episode on this very subject, but
1: why were so many
2: adult orientated uh, film franchises adapted or rebooted? into um, child-friendly cartoons. I mean, I remember obsessively watching Conan the Barbarian.
1: Conan uh, the, the Barbarian. Aver- no, 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 it was Conan the Adventurer. Oh, yeah, the Adventurer. Oh, yeah, warrior, yeah. warrior without fear. I
2: don't know the word. But then there's <laughs> something
1: like Conan the Adventurer battles the evil forces of, is it? Uh, Ra- Ravamon? Rav- something, like something like that. To know. free his family who have been turned to stone.
2: And then, unfortunately, I, I, I get a copy of Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> on videotape, and I'm 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 ten, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, it's going to be like the cartoon I watched. <laughs> and Five minutes later, no. <laughs> wow, the <laughs> genocide scenes really put a damper on this for me.
1: Here are the things I remember that were adult franchises that became cartoons. Rambo had a cartoon. Yes, Rambo. Robo yep. Robocop, RoboCop had a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one
2: when I watched RoboCop for the first time as a child, I watched the uncut version, and really, dis- it scarred me. Like.
1: Um, I believe. Clarks,
0: Clarks, as like, clerks, Clarks is in cliques, or Clerks, Clerks, yeah, Clerks. Yeah, clerks. six episodes,
1: but it is beautiful. I have that on Region One DVD. It was one of the first DVDs I ever imported. Friday. What's Friday?
0: Friday is in the Chris Tucker Ice Cube um, movie, like the black ghetto yeah. humor. That was turned into a kid's show,
1: <laughs> Beetlejuice. Uh,
0: Beetlejuice. Beetle- yeah. oh, is I've, Beetle- got, I've got a whole list here. I have fond memories
2: of Beetlejuice. I
1: don't. Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. was amazing because it had a very interesting voice cast. They had uh, Ron Perlman as Striker. Yes. They had the late. Really? Luke, they had the late Luke Perry as Sub Zero. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I f- for Ooh, the I shitty think, little fox, casting. yeah. I think Clancy Brown, uh, uh Mr. Krabs was Raiden. Uh, <laughs> the, you mean the Kurgan? <laughs> no, for the Kurgan as well. Oh, I, it has... oh, I, I, it's <laughs> like when I look back on it, I know it's an absolute shit show, but he <laughs> was I like, mean, When I was Teen show... Wolf, oh, teen God, wolf, yeah, yeah, Teen Wolf,
0: <laughs> and Highlander. <laughs> Highlander, Highlander. Had a Highlander, Highlander had a cartoon. Highlander
1: was a very, very serious cartoon as well. Really? Because it was like, it, was, it kind of like had different sort of arcs and people would actually die and lose their heads.
2: Oh, so there was genuine continuity. Yeah, in. Because oh,
1: wow. there can
0: only be one.
2: I'm Sean Connery. I'm in a film called Highlander, but I'm not Scottish. I'm Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Christopher Lambert. I'm French in a film called Highlander and I'm playing the Scot... I mean to be. I mean, I love Highlander, but it is insane. It, I mean, it could only be made at that time. It wasn't
1: pretty much the entire soundtrack. Queen.
2: Yes, and I, I suspect without the soundtrack, it's a very bad film. Like, like Flash Gordon. If you remove the Queen soundtrack, awful, just terrible cardboard camp fluff. I think
1: I think we may have to revisit the adult franchises that became. Other mediums in another episode. Police Academy. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> and, and do, 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 do you two have the
2: problem where you you would you would exp- hunt down the original movie, watch it through childhood eyes, thinking it'll be similar to the cartoon, and then be really disturbed? <laughs> right. Go- Ghostbusters was another one as well.
0: I, I mean, I remember that being like one of the first crushes I ever had as a kid. the 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 woman, the, the one who was like had the sunglasses on, and she was like really tough and stern. In, in which series? In, in, in Police Academy. I'm trying to remember her name. I don't know. Uh, you are the fact-checker. I am. Give me a second.
1: Um, what else was I going to say? With Police Academy, I remember watching Police Academy 2 and Police Academy 4 religiously when I was younger. Was do, like you, th- do you regret that decision as an adult? Uh, probably, because I've not really watched them now, even though you could probably get the whole series on DVD for like a ten or a I number. think the
2: Blu-ray set is... <laughs> I think Amazon pays you a fiver to grab the Blu-ray set in this day and age, to be honest. I don't think these films have held up very w- well. With,
1: with good old Steve Guttenberg. Oh God.
2: You know, there will definitely be a Police Academy reboot somewhere down the line. Down when, the line when, yeah. when, there's an,
1: when there's enough young <laughs> comic talent to fill, fill a squad of soldiers when or they, police when officers. They've, when
2: they've run out of Charlie's Angels movies. <laughs> I hear good things about that one. No one's watched it. It bombed.
0: No, I don't... I'll find it. out. Uh, yeah. should we <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't find... Don't worry, I'll find it later.
1: All right, oh, oh, but, let, but let's crack on with reboots because we, we've actually been sidetracked by that because it's because <laughs> that's actually quite a fascinating thing when you think about these it.
2: These are technically reboots.
1: They yeah. are, t- yeah, they are technically reboots. Yep. So, yes, yeah, we are. We have we have remained on course for a little bit. Got another one. Go for it. Ed, Ed, and Eddie.
0: Oh, what would you do differently? I'd want to see them as um, adults now, or at least late teens. Do you subscribe ps- uh, subscribe to the theory which went viral Is that they're years all ago? In, they're
2: they're in they're in purgatory? All, they're in purgatory. Yeah. Nah, you don't. I don't. It fits perfectly for me. I mean, no. it do- is a bit fan wankery, but at yeah. the same
0: time, nah, 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 I don't. I don't. I think it's because like when, when, like, says. Oh, they never leave that area. They're always in that kind of. They're always in the cul de sac. They can't leave the cul de sac. Uh, That's watch, watch... probably the budget of the animation, to be honest. <laughs> what, watch the movie. They're 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 barely in the cul de sac at all. There's an Ed Ed and Eddie movie. Yeah, it actually finishes the series. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. it's actually a full. Th- you actually meet Eddie's um, uh, Eddie's older brother. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like it's it's actually so. Basically, the way that they they break the fourth wall a little bit in the end. Yeah, I won't I won't ruin it, but it's it's quite, it's quite a, a, a crescendo like like in there, and and uh, the guys are fighting with each other. The group splits up, and and the end of it, like you 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 see all sorts of different locations, and they actually have a really nice, really nice sweet ending. It, it caps off the entire series, the entire show. Oh, I might have to give that a go. Actually, yeah, I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um,
2: I I have some suggestions for reboots go ahead um well this one is a bit painful to me i mean i was going to say for good reboots i was going to mention the revival of doctor who back in 2005 okay and i thought the genius of reviving doctor who the way it was was that the problem of doctor who in its in its its latter days was it very much became a show for the fans not a show for mass audiences because doctor who was always the big family drama it was not it was not for a minority of fans who don't reflect the British population as a whole and the 80s Doctor Who definitely suffered from absolute fan wankery. Russell T Davies himself an uber fan decided he would ignore the fans and make a show for mass audiences specifically targeting young women and if you look at the marketing at the time it felt very much this was Billy Piper's show featuring Christopher Eccleston and so Doctor Who came back. It was a big, fun family entertainment. And especially with the introduction of David Tennant, it, became, it, re- it found its mass appeal, which I hadn't had since the end of Tom Baker's time. I found the last season of Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker. Um, now, I don't want to sound like... Well actually, I'm not going to sound like that type of fan because I actually think Doctor Who has always been a diverse and inclusive programme since its inception. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Verity Lambert, the first producer, was well. She was the first female producer at the BBC. Um, the first episode was directed by <laughs> a gay Asian man. Which says like for 1963 is pretty amazing that the, these two people involved in the genesis of such a, a big important program at the time. And of course, the Doctor's always been a champion of um, tolerance. And acceptance of different peoples and different ideas. I mean, the biggest enemy of the series are the Daleks, and they're basically the opposite. They're totalitarian. They're Nazis. They're Nazi tanks. So when Jodie Whittaker was announced as the Doctor, and the new cast was revealed, I was actually quite happy. I thought that this is the right time, and I, I've seen Jodie Whittaker in a few other things before. She was excellent in Broadchurch. I'm really looking forward to this. However, because there is a horrible misogynistic, cynical edge towards elements of. Fan, um, all fandoms and geekery. This series had series 11, her debut had to be the best Doctor Who series, probably since the Christopher Eccleston one. It's not. It's very boring. The writing is dreadful, uh, with the exception of the Rosa Parks episode, which I thought was excellent. The entire series was very, very dull. And I'm hoping the next season, which is meant to start in a few months' time, has a bit of a reboot. And they remember that it's a, meant to be a fun, family-friendly show where the exciting stories are first and the morality is not incidental, but uh, more thematic rather than so concrete. And uh, I, I want Doctor Who to be moralistic. I want Doctor Who to have important messages because there are young uh, people watching and this show will have an influence on them. However, that shouldn't come at the expense of the drama they should go hand in hand together, and I feel like the last season and jo- Jodie Whittaker's debut focused too much on morality, not enough on drama, and it led to very boring television, unfortunately. And I'm hoping the balance is found again because this—I I want Doctor Who to succeed, but I get the impression that the, the way the viewer response was, although the ratings were initially high, I get the, the audience ratings were quite low towards the end, mm. and I think. My, I'm just paranoid. I don't want Doctor Who cancelled again. I can't go through a wilderness period. <laughs> I, the, the 90s were awful as a Doctor Who fan. I think Doctor Who should keep going forever. And as long as they can, ca- as long as they can make the next season exciting fun drama again, I'll be happy. But I'm,
1: I'm sceptical. Well, I think mean, to its credit, Doctor Who has been able to find new leases of life in things like the audio markets. I mean, Paul, yes. McGann, Paul McGann did a complete... Uh, kind of like, uh, probably did a whole sort of ten years Doctor Who, in the audio dramas. Yeah, he did. He even did. even John Hurt when he was playing the War Doctor and stuff like that, I believe he did one or two. Well, two it's, audio it's dramas. fascinating.
2: The, the Big Finish audios have rehabilitated Colin Baker, yeah, the Sixth Doctor, who was the only Doctor to have been fired, because uh, mm. <laughs> the, the the response to his series was so abysmal. But the audio dramas with him have been so positive that the Sixth Doctor's regained a sense. Well, it gained popularity. Mm. Um, I'm I'm hopeful for the future. I just, it it worried me that the last season was so uh, just uninspiring in some respects. And I think it needs to succeed. And I, I I want the, I want the 13th doctor to be the best doctor. That was another, another problem of Jodie Whittaker's debut. I didn't feel like the doctor did much. She was just, she felt more like a tour guide rather than an actual
0: active participant. Okay.
2: Yeah. Which, um, I don't know. The doctor should always come first, not the companions. Mm. I feel. Oh,
0: I'm. Not, I'm not saying much on this because I know sweet dick all
2: about Doctor Who. Doctor Who is um, good. Watch um, it. I mean, um, I, I, I'm. I am complaining about the last season, but it's still better than most television
1: out there. I've. I've dipped in and out of Doctor Who at times. I usually end up watching like the regeneration episodes and mm. the new ones just to see what it's like and all that sort of. All that jazz. I find the casting thing more fascinating than the actual show itself. It sounds very weird, but that's that's how I just no, been it, watching. It's, it's
2: similar to James Bond. Um, the regeneration is an event, and that's the best thing about Doctor Who. It's it's rebooted itself many times. Uh, I mean, every four or five years, it's, it it renews. Cool. And um, some people, I mean, I just, I might just be going for a period where I don't like this part of uh, this. This direction for Doctor Who, and I might rediscover my passion for it when a new showrunner comes or another writer takes over. Okay. um, Or the Doctor's cast differently. Mm. Um, I didn't like David Tennant very much for his first season, and I felt this, uh, but the script's still entertaining. David Tennant took a few years for me to actually enjoy, Um, but then when it was rebooted with Matt Smith, I was like, oh no, I love this. This is perfect. This is what I like again. So, um, another franchise I'd like to see rebooted. Um, his Dark Materials, because it's <laughs> we had a pretty atrocious movie the where Golden they Compass. stripped all the religion. See, this is frustrating, Mike. Uh, right. Let me get off my soapbox just temporarily.
3: <clears throat>
1: Would you like another soapbox? Oh yes,
0: I. That's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it back?
2: Oh, you can use it, I guess. So the the mid two thousands, his Dark Materials movie, the Golden Compass, has fantastic casting. All the actors are spot on, but the story is awful. It's absolute wank because the, the 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 book is anti God. It's anti religion, and they stripped all the religious connotations out of that film because uh, we need to sell it to American audiences. The BBC and HBO recently had the opportunity to reboot or remake a huge budget, uh, long form Game of Thrones style adaptation of the His Dark Materials novels but for families I sat down, watched the first episode and thought, wow you've spent a lot of money to make this magical world look very boring and ordinary Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also the casting is dreadful James McAvoy, I've never seen him this bad in a performance before, he's scatty and just out of control when in the novels, if anyone's familiar with the books, Lord Asriel, the character he's playing is very cold very Machiavellian, very menacing um, right. and stoic, but James McAvoy plays him
1: um, like it's hard to describe. It's David Daniel Craig in the Golden Compass. Daniel isn't it?
2: Craig is perfectly cast, and he he has that right level of bastard about him. I think that the yeah, I, I don't know why this. <laughs> and another problem with the, the BBC series as well. it's only only three episodes have been broadcast as we're recording right now they have dropped so many revelations that come from the later books. They've scattered them at the beginning of the series as a clear attempt to grab your attention and get you hooked for the rest of the show that it's sacrificed the, these fantastic moments that are yet to come. I, w- I was looking forward to... I won't, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read the books, but I was looking forward to a particular moment and I think oh, great, that'll be halfway through Series 3. And, we'll be, and no second episode, Bang. Oh. Uh, oh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but that that changes her relationship with this person and that completely that completely ruins the dynamic.
1: I kind of get the impression from what you're saying is basically they they had the entire book series out on a wall with all the different scenes and they just go, yes. what if we took this scene
2: yes. and put it over here? But The problem is <laughs> it, it jars with the continuity of the, the narrative within itself. Mm. It, it's completely... <laughs> It just it just created unnecessary questions, and um, it just yeah, and the ca- on top of the casting being just generally quite bad throughout. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was just I was very disappointed. I really, really wanted to like this because they do have the the problems with the movie are addressed. The religious connotations are incorporated, and it's it's very firmly. Oh yeah, you can tell Philip Pullman wrote this. But everything that was great about the movie is now lost. <laughs> it's
1: just infuriating. Oh dear! I'm going to go on a couple of things that I think deserve a reboot now. Hit go me. On. Let's hear it now. Um, now at the moment, Disney with their cartoons, they've been kind of in the TV cartoons. For example, Ducktales is is clearly one of the one of the better reboots that they've done. Um, but the thing is, at the moment with Ducktales, with the n- newer series coming up, I mean, uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. They kind of said, oh, we're going to bring in Goof Troop. We're going to bring in Darkwing Duck. We're going to bring in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We're going to bring in Tailspin. So is, this 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 like,
2: is this like an MCU-esque Pretty picture? much,
1: pretty much. I'm, I'm just waiting to see the gummy bears turn up when they go in back <laughs> in time, <laughs> time travel and something like that. I don't know.
2: Do we have any kazoos on us? Because I would love to do the gummy bears for you. No. <laughs> no. No, no more
1: kazoos No for kazoos you. for you. <laughs> no, I
0: don't have an umbrella. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but one of the shows, one of the one of Disney's big, I think, big critical and kind of cultish shows was Gargoyles. I never saw Gargoyles. Um, I believe it. It's currently on Disney Life. I think it will yeah. be on Disney Plus when Disney Life becomes Disney Plus in the UK in March. Or if you're an American listener, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's like Gargoyles was like this really sort of. It was it was on the same tier level probably storytelling wise as say Batman the animated series. Wow,
2: that bold claim, my friend. Bold it, claim.
1: It's more because it was like it was serious. There was nothing kind of too cartoony about it. I mean, obviously it's like a mythical story where these beasts, these gargoyles, exist by night. By day they turn to stone, and for like a group of them, they are taken from like England to a, a to a millionaire's. Um, they're, they're rediscovered and they're taken to like a millionaire's. Um, a building in new york and that's where they kind of reborn get reborn okay ah, why okay. The, why though
0: so sorry sorry just 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 to show off a little bit of gargoyles knowledge here <laughs> um they were cursed okay to remain in stone form until the castle they were on rose above the clouds so it was meant to be oh, like, okay this is I never forgot gonna that. happen oh, okay I forgot that bit. I so that. then the super super rich dude basically bought the castle and moved it brick by brick on top of a skyscraper <laughs> <laughs> until it actually all got set in place and the curse was broken, I mean, and that's how they got brought back.
2: I mean, that's not particularly far-fetched. There are cases of American businessmen buying pieces of, like, ancient London architecture and
1: rebuilding them brick by brick in yeah. the middle of
2: Texas or Arizona. <laughs> you
1: know, you know the, the funny thing about uh, Gargoyles is the, the billionaire is played by Jonathan Frakes, as in as star in, trek yeah right uh, yeah yep, yep yep yeah
2: beard on beard
1: yeah yep. he actually has a beard. he basically <laughs> looks like the cartoon of, equivalent does, of I'll jonathan the does
2: he have a trombone that's that's all i need to i know. don't
1: know but you kind of just dis- because of all those clips now have you ever have you ever wondered how much to tip have you ever wanted to write your name in cement <laughs> just kind of think now in cockles that's what you got. do you ever want to put a castle above the clouds on top of your big man skyscraper <laughs>
2: So as soon as we've mentioned Star Trek, I'm, I was going to say Star Trek itself needs a reboot because I, I despair at Discovery. I know people like it, but it's, it's just Christian. oh,
1: we've got the picture of Zandals. I think wow. his name is
0: his name is Zander. Wow, and that's <laughs> and just him. In he, cartoon form. It, it, it is
1: absolutely John from Frakes in Disney cartoon form. He should cosplay that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I,
2: as, as I was saying, I, I think I was hoping that. I'd, I don't have a problem with Star Trek Discovery in itself. It just doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. I'm glad there's an audience and I'm happy that people enjoy it. But I I like, I'm a big fan of the Picard slash Cisco era of Star Trek. And that's what I want. Um, So I was quite dismayed by Discovery. Um, I'm glad that it's popular and I'm glad people enjoy it, but it's just not the Star Trek I want. Um, so <laughs> I, when it was announced that there would be a Picard series, I was quite happy, and the first trailer dropped a few months ago. And, and uh, How was yeah, it? Well, Data and Seven of Nine and Deanna Troy all feature... Ooh. Which made me a very happy nerd. Original actors and everything? Yes. Yeah. Original, all original cast. Yeah. Well, they're all, all of them are all coming yes. back for this series. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay, well. I mean, I was sold at data. I mean, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> screamed <laughs> like a little girl.
1: Right. Um, what was I going to say? Um, but yeah, with Star Trek, I mean, you could also argue that the recent film trilogy, the Kelvin timeline, is technically a bit of a reboot in itself.
3: Yeah, I, I
2: totally
1: agree. I think, the, I mean, I, I really liked the first one. Into Darkness is. Mm, I, it's all right.
2: I. Yeah, I, I thought the first one was outstanding. Second one, I really liked and enjoyed, but I have never had the urge to rewatch.
1: And <laughs> Star Trek
2: Beyond, that I thought was a bit mediocre, personally. Yeah, I get another
1: Idris Elba movie. I couldn't stand. But you didn't have lines such as genocide, simmericide. <laughs> No he didn't. No. And it was that's like it's a be better be. movie. <laughs> I
0: think I think stop. we found our new badge. Star, star, <laughs> genocide Schmelzer. Genocide, genocide Yeah, I don't think that'll <laughs> sell as well, mate.
1: <laughs> I <mean>. Star Starfleet Fleet. Starfleet starfleet, Starfleet Schmarfleet. <laughs> ah. Schmarfleet. Elba Schmelba. <laughs>
2: He's a really cool guy. I really like him. Just, I've I just—I've met him.
1: Have you? Yeah. Have you? What's he like? Um, when um, very very early days in the podcasting time, um, myself and Leslie Pitt, who hosts Hotters uh, of Culture with Hugh on Bunkerzilla, um, we went to an MCMs press, and yes. this was when Idris Elba was. This this is when Idris Elba was kind of like on the crusp, the crusp of becoming the big star that he is right. today. Uh, because he was promoting the losers, and the losers wasn't coming out for like a couple of months. Yeah. Um. So we were able to do like a round table interview with him, um. And and the thing I'll never forget with having the interview with Idris Elba is when I only had two hours of sleep, yeah. I kind of zoned out at times. <laughs> so I asked a question about uh the, his sort of character translation from the comic to the, to the film. Yeah. Uh, and he answered the question. It was it was well thought out. He clearly had looked at the comic book and all that sort of stuff and then he asked he asked the simple question what do you think
2: and how did you (laughs) respond my friend and
1: I just went I'm sorry could you repeat the question (laughs) 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 and then he repeated it again and again I kind of went <laughs> uh, and then another journalist at the time jumped in, which was oh, God. Fun. But no, he, he was still, he was still he was still quite he he was fine. It was cool. <laughs> Did he he laughed laugh uh, Yeah, I mean, he he was he was happy to pose for a photo with me, me and Les. And he, I, I uh, Hugh sent me on a, on a polite mission to try and get him to sign his um his wire, uh DVD box. Oh, he's set. in the wire. Yeah, he string a bell on the wire. Oh, cool. But yeah, that's that's my that's my little that's my little so, Idris Elba story. Are
2: you are you a Bit, which you can see yourself a big trekkie like myself. So, did you enjoy the, the new Star Trek films as mm. as an outsider? I mean, probably, Star Trek's always probably, had massive probably probably yeah, as
1: an outsider. Yes, am I invested in the TV shows and all that? And beyond the beyond the like, what is memed and what is kind of well known and versed? I mean, it's kind of like I know more about the Star Trek guys appearing in Family Guy. Than I do the actual series. <laughs> oh, Patrick scenes.
2: Stewart, just right. yeah. randomly, and then
1: Patrick Stewart being one of the best things of American Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's the only good thing in American Dad. Patrick Stewart is just uh, Patrick Stewart is a darling. Yeah,
1: he's a treasure. He should be preserved.
2: He's a, he has a cameo in the um, the Alec Guinness BBC adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and this is the seventies. And I was watching, going, it, "Oh, it's Patrick Stewart." He has hair. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't no, like it. No. It's, like,
1: it's like watching Revolver and seeing Jason Statham with hair. You go, Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh uh, It's weird. Uh, it's not, yeah.
2: Stone Cold Steve Austin with blonde hair in the early 90s. The right? Ringmaster. What, what, what's that Ringmaster. all about? Stop it.
0: I'll well, tell you what. One last uh, little bit of trivia about um, Patrick Stewart. Go for it. Is when, obviously, Star Trek was at the height of its popularity, another show, which I am a diehard fan of, which is Red Dwarf, came out. Yes. He saw it, and he wanted to sue. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they are ripping our shit off. And then he watched it, and he was like, this is something completely different. I am totally in love with this show. Didn't he start, Red did is didn't the best. he start laughing
2: <laughs> on the phone to his lawyer? Because he, <laughs> he was like about to rant about it, then yeah. he caught a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quite, it's quite interesting. I mean, Red Dwarf would have been a grateful reboot, and it kind
0: of has recently with the Dave series. Oh, and the... Um, newly confirmed feature length film of Red Dwarf. Are you serious? I am serious. Is it the TV movie though? I don't think it's going to get a cinema release. I think <gasps> but seriously. It, uh, no, I don't think it's going to get a cinema oh, release. Oh, sorry. That's, I mean, why, it that,
1: that's why it said TV movie. Oh, it, might, yeah. it might have a limited
0: release. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean they'll probably just put it on in some cinemas. It'll
1: be it'll be like your local cinema doing um or like one off showings. You know how sometimes they did like the first episode of brand new Doctor Who series or yeah, show or, or
2: even the day of the Doctor, which yeah. was an absolute which was fun to to watch watches cinema. cinema yeah. Yes, I, I donated my Sonic Screwdriver to the little kid next to me who didn't nah. have one, it looked very sad. I didn't insist I get it back though. I was like, "Give me my toy." Um, so, so the B the BBC had the tr- uh, were offered the Red Dwarf movie twice, yeah. which eventually became that God-awful uh, Back to, Back to, uh, to off yeah. The BBC rejected that twice, despite the fact that Red Dwarf was one of the highest-rated comedies they've ever produced and won an Emmy. Yep. But they produced a Mrs. Brown's Boy movie immediately upon... <sighs> <sighs> yeah.
0: I mean, my dad loves that show, but... Just my parents love the Why? show. What? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get know. it either. I don't get it either. But, but hey, the official line is TV channel Dave has commissioned a two hour feature length special.
2: Yes! I am so happy! <laughs> so,
1: with adverts, that's probably going to be an hour and a half. It does. Uh, oh, unlike it. most movies, this will be shot in front of a live studio audience.
2: Ooh! I, should we try to get tickets? I always to make
1: my life. Is it yes. going to be actually they're going to do it completely live, or is it just.
2: Well, they, Red Dwarf tends to be filmed in front of a studio audience. Huh? I mean, yeah. uh, oh,
1: um,
0: hang on a second. I've just found a link to apply for tickets. Uh, oh. You
2: apply, I'll apply, and then w- we'll take each other. Ian, do you like Red Dwarf? I don't mind it. Would, I would,
1: did would, I did wear... I, did wear, I did wear, uh, was part of a uh, Give Keys uh, Chance <laughs> uh, brigade at Sci-Fi Weekender years ago.
0: I saw that. I was so jealous I didn't get it to go. I, I need
2: that shirt in my life. <laughs> give Keisha a Chance. Yeah. That whole, the the, whole the Polymorph g- episode. The, gla- the glasses, the
1: pipe... Handing out, um, handing out flyers. <laughs> Some people at Sci Fi The Wing up really didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, no, that's really good I'm really excited. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a tangent, this, but it was fascinating in the 90s. The two best characters, the two best sci fi characters, in my opinion, were Data and Crichton. And it's very similar arcs, just coincidentally.
1: Just on the different levels of different job on the <laughs> different genre specters, yeah, absolutely. Because one side would be a serious sci-fi drama with a hint of comedy. Comedy, like, yes.
2: <laughs> well, the genius of Red Dwarf is uh, the the comedy came from the humanity, mm. um, or the, or the the human tragedy of the Dave Lister character. I mean, the I, lo- I love the, uh, the I love the ultimate irony of the last human being alive is this scummy, um, uh, brummy. Just like, pr- not sorry, he's not brummy. He's a scouser. What am I saying? Yeah, so yeah he's scouser. He's um, yeah, the scummy scouser being the last human alive. Just like,
0: it's not on the site anymore.
1: Aww. Oh, with the tickets. Yeah. Shit. Oh, never mind. <laughs>
2: Do you know what yeah. that ticket website Genuinely is? Genuinely sad. It's a smee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, a smee. SME. <laughs> what, whatever. Uh. I'll I tell you what other... I've got two more things written down I'd want to yeah, because
1: this is kind of a meaty return, which is quite, quite fun. But yeah,
2: I, I'll go only briefly for these. One, the WWE. It's okay. Been, I think it's been in desperate need of a reboot. By reboot, I mean Vince McMahon going away. I <laughs> think this.
1: to a degree it's, it's turning slightly, but I think that's more to do with the emphasis now on NXT being a big deal because of AEW being on the same night. But isn't the worry that NXT... Becomes diluted, and what makes that special? well, they haven't. Well, at the moment, they haven't sent. They haven't. I think apart from Finn Balor going back to NXT, I don't think any of the other main roster superstars, the big, big main roster superstars, have gone back there. Yeah. They've been going back and forth at the moment because of Survivor Series. At the time of recording this episode, because they're doing the Raw vs. SmackDown versus NXT, but hopefully, once that's out and in the like the in the rearview mirror they'll yeah. be able to concentrate a bit more because generally the wrestling is still quite good and their storytelling is still pretty decent. AEW is, the way I look at AEW at the moment is it's kind of like what the Attitude Era would kind of be if it was modernised a yeah. bit. And again, it's very entertaining. The so matches,
2: less problematic in yes. terms of content.
1: Yeah, the, the matches are entertaining. The storylines are, are are getting there. I mean, some some are a little bit, mm, and then some are, oh, this is actually quite good.
2: Is everything involving the librarians, the, the worst gimmick team i've ever
1: oh no no the, li- the librarians are just basically willed out for absolute squashes they had luchasaurus come back from injury yeah and he absolutely basically luchasaurus is like a six foot eight near seven footer uh <laughs> athletic libra guy in a dinosaur mask i remember <laughs> seeing this
0: guy when i was watching it with and, you i was like i love uh, this guy love and, and he, ba- and he basically
1: <laughs> did he did he, he did a roundhouse kick it was like a slight faint and then <laughs> b- battered the librarian may, may i ask is he a keyfabe dinosaur
2: don't know <laughs> uh the the other thing I was going to suggest as a reboot um and if we've touched upon this previously is the DCEU. um but to be honest I don't know where that's going anymore because there are some projects I'm excited for there are others they are just all
1: I think at the moment they're just going off I think the nice thing about the DC films at the moment is they're not trying to link up with one another and I think that's that's a bit of a plus at the moment because with Marvel obviously it was quite organic yeah I mean what, what I don't quite understand is they're in the TV
0: shows, they are doing crossover after crossover after crossover. They're crossing over everything. But it works. And it works really well. So why? Why, 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 why would you not want to take the actors that you've put on the TV show that everyone has known to come and love and recognize as those characters and put them in the films? You're gonna get people coming from home into the cinema to see the people they know interacting with these big Hollywood stars. That just makes sense, but no, we'll pick a different flash. <laughs> we'll get a completely different arsehole to come through and just completely cut off our TV demographic.
2: But remember, release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut.
0: I, I just haven't even seen it. I I even I seen that. Well, that. No one's seen I the Snyder I Cut. I haven't I seen the original. The
2: Snyder Cut comes out. No one's going to give a f- apart from ten thousand people,
1: maybe. It kind of uh, uh, Justice
2: League I bombed, it, <laughs> it, it did. and it wasn't. It doesn't matter if it. If it was edgier or darker, it no one cared. But I don't know.
1: If we, I think we touched on some the very first episode all the way back in season one, but I think basically the, the problem with the DC movies at that time was they were trying to catch up with Marvel and they were trying to rush it, and it was not working. No. Whereas everything post Justice League, like um, Aquaman's been all right, and then Joker's obviously been and gone. Which well, have you have I mean, you guys seen Joker? Yes. No. I mean,
2: it's not. Uh, it's 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 one of those films you watch and you go, "This is excellent." I'm never going to watch this again, like The Revenant or Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a very depressing movie. Uh, it's a very cynical movie. I think it is an excellent movie. I think some of the worries are more, um, socially minded. Yeah. Uh, critics had for it were well, unfounded and a bit hyperbolic, to be honest.
1: But I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I've, I've Made this very clear, reviewing up for the Bunker Film Club. Um, I think it's an it is saying it's an enjoyable film or it's, it is kind of very hard to say it that way because of the content. Um, it's a well-made movie. I think ultimately it is the Joaquin Phoenix show. Yes. It's, if you told me it's a Todd Phillips film, I couldn't tell it's a Todd Phillips film. And to be perfectly honest, Todd Phillips has never had a distinct directional his no, body.
2: I mean, the, the only thing I can really take that's particularly Todd Phillips is the cynicism because. I think other commentators have, have made this point, and other film critics have mentioned the fact that the Hangover movies are very cynical, very nasty, and that's yeah. why. I d- that's probably why I never really found it. It's funny. Like,
1: <laughs> it's like you look at Todd Phillips' back catalogue. You've got Road Trip, Old School, Star Skin Hutch.
2: Skin uh, Hutch? Uh, yeah,
1: the cinema version of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, School for Scoundrels. What I mean. It's more in line with something like Wall Dogs, which he directed, which Wall Dogs is, is a decent film. It was okay. It was okay. It was more
2: interesting but the, than But the fact,
1: the fact of the matter is, as much as people were sort of like appraising the way Todd Phillips has looked, I mean, don't get me wrong, the direction they kind of focused on it was actually quite interesting and actually quite engaging. But again, it's like, it, again, I, I just do not find any sort of directorial traits that I would associate saying that that is a Todd Phillips film. Yeah because he's mostly copying a bit of Scorsese most of the time.
2: Right, it, it's a Scorsese film. film. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's three Scorsese movies regurgitated into a Joker plot, and it works very well. <laughs> and, the, and the De Niro... Oh, sorry, you were saying? No, no,
0: no. That's, that's, that's a pretty good image way to think about it, three yeah. Scorsese films.
2: Yeah, it is. It, it, I, mean, I think they were very open about that. I mean, it's yeah. the king of comedy. It's um, yeah, Taxi, taxi drive. Driver.
1: Uh, um it's cross one but it basically it's financially the most successful comic book movie of all time because, just because it was so cheap. Because it was cheap to make. Yeah. So people go, Oh, but Avengers took two It's Like, so yeah, but it probably cost them about nearly seven hundred and fifty million to do the film and all the marketing yes. and all that jazz. Yes. So fair play to Joker. But I, I will just
2: interject and say Avengers Endgame is a lot better than Joker yes. as a movie. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah, okay. I just, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. S- that's an objective truth.
1: So going back to going back to obviously talking about the DCEU. I think at the moment I'm actually more fascinated how they're kind of going off on separate tangents rather than trying to link it all together because I think that's where it failed the first time around. Yes. Because you because don't forget you also got in 2021 you've got the Batman. Oh yeah. With uh, Patson as Batman, which I'm actually quite interested in. No, I think
2: I think I think it's a good choice, a good choice. Do you it know who's in casting? Do you know Batman. who's in it? Uh
1: Jonah Hill's been cast. No. He oh. dropped out. He
0: dropped out. No. Why would you drop out, of Batman?
1: So basically, it, the understanding at the moment is obviously Robert Pattinson is Batman. Yes. Andy Serkis is Alfred.
0: That's interesting. Okay. Uh,
1: Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman.
0: Okay. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. As in Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yeah. Huh. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, I think Colin Farrell has been cast in it as the Penguin. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell.
0: If only, only if he's his character from In Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I
2: introduced Michaela to the wonderful world of Batman Returns, and I love Batman Returns because I'm goth trash, and there's a certain I don't know there's a certain costume in that film that makes me feel very happy, and I can't explain why. Uh, hello, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> where should, where okay, it's the nice? penguin <laughs> You know it's the penguin <laughs> It's when he's in his dirty underwear his, no, his Not his onesie. The peng- not the penguin yeah, His yellow stained what onesie But first, a nice cold glass of ice water <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that film has no plot it's just things what happen. A, what about um,
1: the giant rubber ducky tank?
2: Gi- I, I watched that, and my first thought was Ian would really look good in a giant t- uh, rubber duck tank.
1: But also penguins with rocket launchers. <laughs> <laughs> they were, <laughs> <rocket> launchers, <laughs> they I were fireworks.
0: M- Michaela
2: was enjoying it. but I, I, She did <laughs> turn around to me during the penguin fireworks scene with her. I, am I watching this? <laughs> is,
3: this a, uh, is this a fever dream? Because
2: Michaela's favourite movies are the Dark Knight trilogy, and they're slightly different in tone to the Tim Burton really? movies. <laughs> just a smidge. <laughs> just a smidge,
3: Mitch. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just a smidge. <laughs>
2: yeah, M- Mitch was a bit confused. She enjoyed it. She didn't really like. She didn't take to the. Um <laughs> the Penguins, <as> well. <laughs> I th- no, I think she liked the Penguins, and, sh- and she loved Danny DeVito, uh, which is nice, because Danny. In that film. The thing about the Tim Burton Batman movies is they're not Batman movies. They're it's the Joker movie with Batman. It's the Penguin movie with Batman.
1: Yes, uh, I think we can go on that for Dave. Maybe we should revisit Batman when the Batman r- arrives at some In point. But we we have been yeah. going, we have been going on about uh, <laughs> about reboots and all these different tangents for a while. It's been, it's been a nice meaty episode to come back to for season yeah, two. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jason, do you have any further advances on reboots at all? Uh, on reboots, no. Well, I mean,
0: like, like, I've already mentioned what I want, Flint, Flint <laughs> the Time Detective, first first and foremost. Jesus Christ. I think Christ. I did have one more on my little list here. Where is it? Uh, Dexter's Lab. Ooh. Ooh. That
3: could
2: be cool. That could what
0: be cool. Would, what would I you do differently? Because uh, I loved Dexter's Lab. I would basically have Dexter's Lab, but with an additional cast of, of like, people. So... Have you ever seen the sort of, like, little meme, meme-y kind of image where they've taken uh, some other characters from Dexter's Lab, little bit characters here and there, and sort of recolored them a little bit uh, and made them look pretty much like the entire cast of The Big Bang Theory? No, I haven't, actually. That sounds interesting. So, basically, if you had, like, Dexter's Lab, but, black like with other geniuses, and yeah. they're all in the secret lab and stuff like that, and, and yeah, I think, I think that would be, like, pretty cool. Dexter's commune.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in Dexter's laboratory...
2: Left the smartest boy, you will ever, ever see, but did he blows Diddy his experiments
1: Diddy. to smithereens? There is doom and gloom, of things go boom, in Dexter's land That was beautiful, guys. That was actually really good. And I I think (laughs) on that bombshell, (laughs) we should leave it there. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Trivial Titans. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Trivial Titans. And don't forget, you can also send us feedback by emailing us at TrivialTitans at (laughs) Bunkerzilla.co.uk. UK. And if you also want to ask us a question, go to the show page on the Bunkazilla website at bunkazilla.co.uk and we could very soon be answering your question on a future episode of Trivial Titans. But until next time, I'm Ian Bolton. Hey, I want to do it. I want to do it. All
0: right. All right, all right, all right. So, Fine. until next time, this is Captain Picard, <laughs> Robocop, <laughs> hello, and Flint the Time Detective saying, <laughs> give me a f***ing reboot of Flint the Time Detective. <laughs>
1: Ah, Wow! some things never change thank you very much for listening guys we will see you next time and before we go Christian do you have any last thoughts
2: Uh, yeah so the Doctor's results are back in and
1: thanks for listening remember to subscribe and follow us on social media we'll see you soon for the next exciting trivial episode of Trivial Titans
0: Enjoy the show, discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk.